0: When I come in the door, they, you know, look at the kids and they say, Oh, are you a fifth grader? (laughs) Fifth graders go down this hallway. This is the Value of Wrinkles podcast, The Church Sears. Whatever age you're at or consider yourself to be, maybe that's young, youngish, midlife, older, or maybe you just call yourself old. You are welcome here. Let's explore how to love the older generation and ourselves more.
1: Hi, friends. I'm Isabel Tom. My good friends call me Belle. I'm the author of the book, The Value of Wrinkles, a young perspective on how loving the old will change your life. I want to welcome all of you who are new today, specifically, those of you who are ministry leaders and pastors and church members. So if you haven't heard already, I'm currently doing a series specifically for churches. So episode 39 was the first episode of this series that aired two weeks ago. And so I really encourage you to check those two episodes out. Episode 39 is called, Is Your Church Isolating Older Adults Without Knowing It?, In that episode, I explain how we're isolating older people from our churches and why they are not participating or being, or why they are not involved in a lot of the activities and programs and ministries that we have in our church. Episode 40 is one where I just share with you resources that are already available. I share three resources that are already available to help your church create a culture of care For the Older Generation, that's episode 40. And today we're going to talk about whether your church is segmented. If you're listening to this podcast today, then I'm going to guess that you are part of a church and you're wondering if your church is segmented, how would you know this? My first piece of advice to you is to look around on Sunday morning, on Saturday morning, whichever it is, or whenever you go to church, take a look around are people sitting in different places? Are there only, do you only see one age group in the service that you're sitting at? A telltale sign that your church is segmented is if you have separate services for separate age groups. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about the kids program. Like, how can the kids sit with all the adults during service? And let me just preface this whole episode by saying I I don't know what the right thing to do and every church is going to have a different situation. So I'm not telling you that you need to cut out your kids program. In fact, I'm so thankful for the children's program at my church and the children's programs that they have at retreats and all that stuff. It is helpful. But in terms of just trying to get in and to analyze your church and sh- just to see where you guys are at, look around. Look at the types of services you have. Do you have a youth service? Do you have a children's ministry, um, a kids program? Do you have an adult service? Do you have, what do you have? In the beginning of the year, I held two focus groups where I really wanted to hear from churches and kind of get a pulse on what other people were thinking so that I could better focus my efforts this year as I tried to support churches. I thought it was so interesting and I just really enjoyed hearing from different people who came from different churches, from different age groups. I specifically want to let you listen in to what one participant shared about what he thinks happens nowadays in many churches on Sunday mornings. Listen in.
0: When I come in the door, they, you know, look at the kids and they say, oh, are you a fifth grader? (laughs) Fifth graders go down this hallway. Oh, is this kid in high school? If so, they hang out in the basement all day in the basement with, uh, you know, the high schoolers. And um, oftentimes churches are artificially segmenting with the idea and thought, well, we're going to uh, convey uh, material in age appropriate, you know, ways, but uh, it has a negative impact of you know, older people can come in and never uh, see children, much less have conversations. And honestly, I think if you were to go into most congregations and say, hey, when was the last time you had a real, an actual conversation here at church uh, with someone under age 18? Most older adults would say, I don't, I I don't talk to them. There's not an, there's not a, uh, uh, even a practical way within the daily rhythm of the church life um, to have any interaction with any of the young people because they are segmented down the hallway or in the basement or, you know, they come here on Saturday nights as part of the youth program. And so that the church itself has fragmented.
1: Wasn't that a great clip? And it pretty much summed up segmentation in our churches were fragmented and it doesn't happen intentionally. Well, I want to tell you that when I was growing up, I am a pastor's kid and my dad, he planted a church that was in the county next to where I live. Our family, we went to this church, and my dad was one of the leaders, and he soon became a full-time pastor, pastoring that church. He was a senior pastor there for years. And I went over there when I was little, but I can tell you that being part of a church plant meant that there was not really much of a program for kids. In fact, I remember the first few years there, the Sunday school that they had In my class, it was three kids, and that was my oldest sister, Joe, my middle sister, Priscilla, and then myself. That's all three of us, six years difference. A little bit in, we had two other kids who joined in, and by the end, I remember being in high school, and there were maybe five people in my Sunday school class or four people, and we were each a grade apart, so that was four kids. There wasn't a lot happening there in terms of the social scene, but I remember really wanting to go to the youth group at the mother church. They had a youth service, and every time I went, I had so much fun because I loved being with people my age. I loved the idea of having a youth service. It was awesome. A lot of our churches have become segmented, because we were trying to focus on our youth and probably provide them with more age-appropriate discipleship and to, to share with them the gospel in a way that was more relevant to them. And in doing that, we isolated the youth, but we also, I think, we isolated the older generation too, and we all became very separate. Christianity Today did an article interviewing Kara Powell, who's the executive director of the Fuller Youth Institute. So, she does everything to help focus on bringing up the future generation in our churches. Found this article, this interview that they Christianity Today did with Kara just so enlightening and interesting. Kara says in this interview is that there's a strong link between kids staying in church and their involvement in intergenerational relationships and worship. What does that mean? That means that when we can have our churches united, not only by cultures like ethnic uh, backgrounds and heritage, but also united across the ages, then that can really help kids stay in church and not leave as many do after they graduate, uh, after they graduate from college, This also points me back to the article that I wrote for the Mizio Alliance about how loving the old will strengthen our church. So I'm going to reference that in the show notes as well, because I just think it's fascinating that Kara focuses on the youth and I focus on the older generation and both sides, the young and the old, those who serve them, really see the importance of bringing people together. Being isolated is no good. I just referenced this a little bit, but, you know, if you may be looking at your church and seeing that things are separate, you may understand how it happened, but what do you do about it now? Robert J. Keeley, he is the author of a book called Helping Our Children Grow in Faith, How the Church Can Nurture the Spiritual Development of Kids. Again, this is a focus on kids, but one thing that robert j Keeley says he's also a professor i think at calvin college but he says that relationships have a more lasting impact than programs and i think that if we're trying to bridge our generations together then we have to focus on relationships and we really have to be intentional about this what what is this going to do as we do this there may be a lot of pushback and the reality is that as you focus on Making your church more intergenerational and bringing the ages together, there is going to be pushback because this is not only change, but when people are different, it's hard to relate. So it's going to take a lot of teaching various age groups. It's going to take teaching the old and teaching the young both how to relate to each other. Listen to what Kara says. I don't meet many adults who want nothing to do with kids, but I meet a lot of adults who are intimidated by teenagers and don't know how to talk to them. Serving together levels the ground. When we've got a hammer in one hand and a paintbrush in the other, all of a sudden we've created a shared experience and age is irrelevant. There are ways to bring the old and young together, and there's going to be resistance often by both parts. But this is one of those things that is good for our churches it's going to take time for your church to find a good spot and to balance how much programming or ministries you have that bring the generations together and how much segmentation that you have to make things more age appropriate but think of veggies and how our parents tell us to eat veggies when we are younger and how i bug my kids and tell them to eat another vegetable they don't like it but It is something that helps them to be healthy and to grow up healthy and strong. And I think the same is true for our churches. Sometimes this type of change is not going to be accepted or received well. But if you are a leader in your church, then remember that this is something that can Bring your church together, it can help make your church stronger. And if you are really a heavily um, youth focused church, then I want to let you know that in having intergenerational ministry, in focusing on the older generation, just as much as you focus on the younger generation and the middle aged generation, you are making your church stronger and helping the young. that's it for today's episode of the value of wrinkles podcast next week is the last episode of this series this church series if you are hoping to serve your if you are hoping to focus more on the older generation and having a more intergenerational church then stay tuned and look out for next week's episode episode 42 when I'm going to be talking about the benefits of starting a caregiving ministry first. See you next week.